All right, hey everybody. I want to welcome you to tonight's edition of Bible News Radio. And you know what? This is going to be the first in a series that we're we're calling How Should the Christian Respond to Witchcraft? And I'm going to tell you a little bit, I'll tell you a little story here so you kind of know why I decided to do this topic. So, over the last couple of years, I have been involved in um, a lot of networking events, and and I've been watching um, <clears throat> I've been watching the culture, uh, especially the media, and how how the promotion of the supernatural from the dark side is just everywhere. I mean, the cult is everywhere, and it comes in so many different forms. And I know a lot of people who do certain things, whether it's in the new age movement or it's, um, law of attraction or, or looking at crystals or yoga or anything like that. And, you know, my heart has been really grieved because sometimes knowledge is, you know, I think it's the book of Ecclesiastes that says with much learning comes much vexation. So like the more you know, the more you wish you didn't know because there's so much out there that if you know it, it's going to burden you and all that. And I've just had a real burden for um, for people who don't know Christ and they're looking for power and self-empowerment and they're looking to really, in essence, be like God, right? I mean, that's let's just say it, that's kind of the truth, right? And so my heart in doing this study is not to condemn anybody who's involved in any of these things, but rather to educate you as my brother and sister to show you what's going on that you might not be aware of and to give you solutions based on the word of God that can give you instructions so that we can walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which we are called. And so just know that going in, I'm not going to expose this stuff to condemn anybody, but rather I'm trying to educate and equip so that you can be aware and, and learn to discern good from evil. Because I'll tell you what, the devil, he disguises himself as an angel of light. And, you know, the Bible also says that he comes to seek, you know, to, to seek and devour, you know, he wants to, rah, he wants to devour people. And so what I want to do is, um, I don't know how many shows this is going to be, but I think it's going to be a lot because, um, I, uh, I don't feel a need to have to go through it along. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a need to not do this, um, and like cut it off right? Because my heart here is to help you understand what's going on and how, as a Christian, we can respond to this. And I tell you what, if you find yourself at any point during the series that we're going to do here, if you find yourself going, oh, I've done that. And I'm so like, ah, well, then just know, now you know, and all you got to do is repent and Jesus will love you and forgive you and he will help you uh, to overcome the things that are there. So that's my heart. And I will tell you this week, um, I was in a networking meeting and, um, the person that came in to speak, uh, spoke about her, her business and, uh, in her PowerPoint, you know, I'm just telling, I'm just sharing this because I, because, as I had prayed about this, I was actually telling another friend of mine a couple of days ago that I felt led to start doing this series. And then I was in this networking group a couple of days ago and this, the guest speaker that came in, they're sharing about, she was sharing about her business, but flat out in her PowerPoint, she actually said that she's a witch and wow. went on to describe herself and how she does witchy things and and all this other stuff. Well, I actually have another friend who let it quote slip that she's actually a witch and she, she does this stuff. And I mean, this is happening more and more. And I, I just kind of took that as confirmation from the Lord. So the other thing I wanted to share with you is that, um, I'm, I've been doing a Bible study in revelation and this was the second thing that kind of just confirmed to me 
that we should talk about this. So in Revelation chapter 9, um, we, we actually see uh, the fifth and the sixth trumpet dealt with. And, and I'm going to um, uh, pick this up here at verse 13 of Revelation chapter 9. And just start with the sixth trumpet. And it says here, Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates, and the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so that they could kill a third of mankind. The number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And this is how I saw in my vision the horses and those who sat on them. The riders had breastplates, the color of fire, of hyacinth, and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses are like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire and smoke and brimstone. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, by the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone, which came out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents and have heads, and with them they do no harm. The rest of man, they they do harm, I mean, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, listen to this, did not repent of the works of their hands, so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their witchcraft, nor of their sexual immorality, nor of their thefts. I got to tell you something. When I read this, my heart felt really sad. Because, I mean, this is God's judgment. Boom. I mean, he's coming down and all this stuff happened. And the hearts of the men and the women here did not repent. They didn't repent of the works of their hands. But witchcraft is one of the things in there that they did not repent of. Now let's move over to Leviticus chapter 20. In Leviticus chapter 20, the Bible says, beginning in verse 1, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also say to the sons of Israel, Any man from the sons of Israel or from the aliens sojourning in Israel who gives any of his offering to Moloch shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. Okay, first, first thing I want to say is that Moloch, was a god that they literally offered up child's living children to. They literally would take the children and offer it up to Moloch as a, a living baby sacrifice. And a lot of times, a lot of people today equate abortion that way. Uh, a lot of people believe that it's kind of the spirit of Moloch that's behind this, behind abortion, where you literally are taking a living human being in the womb and literally offering it up to Moloch. There's other people who believe that babies are kidnapped, and there's an underground, and that these babies are sacrificed. And I think both things are true myself. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you, you know, it's hard to want to believe, but this is the word of God. So we know that this happened. All right. Continuing here in verse three, <clears throat> it says, I will also set my face against the man and will cut off from among his people because he has given some of his offspring to Moloch so as to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. If the people of the land, however, should ever disregard that man when he gives any of his offspring to Moloch so as not to put him to death, then I myself will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut off from among their people both him and all those who play the harlot after him by playing the harlot after Molech. As for the person who turns to mediums and to spiritists to play the harlot after them, 
I will also set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. You shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So Leviticus chapter 20 verses 1 through 8 is a warning and it's also in, written there for our instruction that God does not mess with people who practice, you know, who are mere medium spiritists. They are involved in witchcraft, right? So just so you know, that that is two places, right? We got the Old Testament, we got the New Testament. Now let's flip over to Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, um, we have this um, amazing testimony of what happened when there were people performing miracles under with, with Satan's power. Um, and I'm just going to begin here um, <clears throat> in verse 11 of chapter 19. And we'll read, we'll read here. Okay. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. Okay, keep that in mind, Paul. God was doing this by the hands of Paul. So Paul the Apostle, remember Saul, he, he was Saul, he was converted, he repented, he followed Jesus. God made him probably the greatest apostle that ever lived, right? So God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that the handkerchiefs or aprons or, or were even carried from his body to the sick and the diseases left them <clears throat> and the evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to use the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had the evil spirits, saying, I order you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, doing this. Now listen to this. But the evil spirit responded and said to them, I recognize Jesus and I know of Paul, but who are you? That is so important. <clears throat> it's so important because what they were doing here, um, uh, the demons, right? The demons uh, knew who Paul was. They didn't mess with him. They knew who Jesus was. And if you read definitely through the Gospel of Mark, for sure, you're going to see the demons talk to Jesus and, and, and beg Jesus, please don't torment, please don't torment us and don't, you know, please, you know, do this. And Jesus will tell them what to do. And they, they just do it, right? Because why? Because Jesus is God. Um, but here you had a spiritist, you had a Jewish exorcist who was not born again, who did not have the Holy Spirit. In fact, he was, they were about the money. They wanted the money, right? That's what they did. I mean, mediumism, witchcraft, all that stuff's always tied to money, the love of money for sure. Well, these spirits didn't know who this guy was. So they said, you know, like, who are you? The evil spirit said to them, I recognize Jesus. I know Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit pounced on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now picture this. You got these Jewish guys who are playing like, hey, I'm going to exercise stuff. And and they end up being getting the basic crap beaten, beaten out of them and their clothes ripped off them because the demons beat them up because he didn't have the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, put it bluntly. <laughs> and then it says here in verse 17, um, uh, this became known to all who lived in Ephesus. Remember, Ephesus, if you, if you read the book of Ephesians, then you have in chapter 6, the, the armor of God is discussed, right? Um, so this became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Listen to this. Also, many of those who had believed kept coming, confessing, and disclosing their practices, and many of those who practiced magic... That, or witchcraft, you could say, brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they added up the prices of the books and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. 
So the word of the Lord was growing and prevailing mightily. Well, Pastor Billy Crown, uh, who has done a 20-part series on this topic, uh, who I'm learning a little bit from <laughs> uh, about this, he actually says that he figured that out, the 50,000 pieces of silver. So those books, those magic books, the divination books, the witchcraft books, all that stuff, when somebody truly in that uh, practice repented, they took all their stuff and they burned it. And it was worth 50,000 pieces of silver. And Pastor Billy Crone said that that came out to um, one one coin, or I forgot the right the other term for it, but it was basically worth a one year's wage. Um, so he said that that equated to about 140 years worth of pay that went up in smoke. So we're talking millions of dollars, most likely, is what that was worth to these guys who were involved in this witchcraft. They came to Jesus Christ. They repented, they burned all this stuff, and then they followed Jesus. So there is teaching about this in God's word, and that's really my point. Uh, my point is that, that witchcraft is discussed all throughout the word of God. It has different names. It has def different entities that, that we see but we don't think about because it's not like our culture. But our culture is rife with it. And so the other thing I want to share with you tonight is I want to share with, I, I did a quick, literally two second search on witchcraft in the news. And I had a flood of articles pop up. I was even surprised. I mean, I, I follow stuff, but I, I was shocked. I literally, I literally was shocked. Not completely, but I, I was just surprised. Now, how many of you know who Tom Brady is? right? You probably know he's a very famous quarterback uh, that just won another Super Bowl. But did you know that his wife is actually a witch? Okay. Um, I heard this a number of years ago uh, because it's been a well-known um, documented fact that his wife is a witch. In fact, there was an article with a video on YouTube, which I, I think we're going to get up there, right, Randall? We're going to be able to play this little video. It's about two minutes. And I'm going to read you part of the article while Randall's getting that ready. Um, there is a article. It was written February 9th, a couple days ago, titled, Did Tom Brady's Witchcraft Habit Help Him Win the Super Bowl? And the quote was, "Do You do your work, I do mine, said good witch Gazelle Budenchen, or however you say her name, her last name. Tom Brady's wife. So it says here, Tom Brady won a seventh Super Bowl on Sunday night, and it's his first with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team he joined last season. Could it be attributed in part to an affection that he and his wife share for witchcraft? The revelations about Brady and his wife uh, and their, quote, witchy ways, which, by the way, witchy was also in this networking group. The woman that spoke about this actually um, used that word herself. Aren't Any quite superstitions new. going? Uh, CBS Sports interview from 2019 details some of what they labeled the quote crazy pregame rituals that his wife has him go through. She's so about the power of intention. Does that sound familiar? The power of intention. Anybody think of Oprah when you hear that? Because uh, Oprah is heavily into the New Age, which is like a cultic New Age witchcraft. Okay. Uh, Brady said in an interview. And believing things that are really going to happen is she always makes a little altar for me at the game because she just wills it so much. So she just put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids. The article went on to note, I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones. And she has me wear a necklace and take these drops and makes me say all these mantras. Okay. Brady reportedly, be, reportedly became a believer uh, in his wife's mystical recommendations following the Patriots' 28-24 win over the Seahawks in 2015. A video interview from 2019 containing quotes that the CBS Sports article used also included Brady noting that his wife, following his Super Bowl 53 win, said, See, I did a lot of work. You do your work. I do mine. You're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch. 
So we're going to go ahead and, and hear this. Um, and what I want you to note here is look at how this is being presented. Look at the, listen for the laughter that's, that's doing that because this is what happens. The enemy takes evil and he makes it fun right? He makes light of it. He knows. He mocks God. Um, he, he is not a fool, but he knows how easy it is to fool people. Uh, so when you're ready, go, go for it and go ahead and post that or play it. Okay. Any superstitions going into the game? Any special thing you carried into the game on Sunday that you had tucked away somewhere? Uh, I did. <laughs> I always, um, you know, I've learned a lot from my wife over the years. She's so about the power of intention, you know, and believing things that are really going to happen. And she always makes a little altar for me at the game because she, she just wills it so much. And... Uh, so she put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids. And I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones. And she has me wear a necklace and take these drops she makes. And I say all these mantras. And I stopped it, questioning her a long works. time ago. I did. I just shut up and listened. And at first I was like, this is kind of crazy. And then about four years ago, we were playing the Seahawks, and she said, you better listen to me. This is your year, but this is all the things you're going to have to do to win. And I did all those things, and by God, you don't work. It was pretty good. <laughs> and then in 2015, it was about early January, and she said, you know how much I love you? And I said, yeah. And she said, I just want to let you know this is not going to be your year. Oh. And of course, we lost. I said, what does 16 look like? <laughs> and she said, 16 is going to be your year. <laughs> So it was early January this year, and I said, babe, I asking, like, do we have a chance? And she said, yeah, but you're going to have to do a lot of work, and you're really going to have to listen to me. <laughs> so, man, I listened to her. And right so, after the game, she said, see, I did a lot of work. You do your work, I do mine. <laughs> she said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch. <laughs> So there you go. You just heard that. And that is very, very well known. And you know what's interesting about this um, to me is that there is zero shame in that at all. Because our culture and the media uh, has made this so acceptable and so common that we kind of just laugh at it. You know, um, I will, I, I'm going to say a couple of things that some of you might not like, and, and I apologize in the future. I don't mean to be step on your toes or anything, but as my friend Janet Parcel used to say, if I do step on your toes, may I be in the most ladylike fashion ever. It's, it's only because it's not because I don't care. It's because I do care um, about it. You know, um, Disney, you know, Disney, the company, channel is one of the biggest purveyors of witchcraft in the world if you look at their movies and we could go through a number of those movies i could show you where witchcraft is being promoted and it's being promoted in cartoons it's being promoted on the big screen and they're just getting bolder and bolder and bolder and making tons of money because they're promoting the idea that you can have all this power and be like God, ultimately. It's so appealing to the flesh, but so displeasing to a holy God. So let me tell you about some of the news I came across, okay? There, so the, the Tom Brady story, that was, that was pretty amazing, but... Um, there is another article here. Um, witchcraft gains popularity through TikTok. 
I don't know about you, but I found TikTok last year, and I'm 52 years old. I downloaded TikTok. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was the funnest app ever uh, until I found out that it was uh, banned by our government because China likes to spy on us through it. Um, and I can tell you that there is a ton of stuff on TikTok that's super funny and hilarious, but there's also a lot of stuff on TikTok that I would stay away from. And look at this, okay, I Randall just threw this up on the screen. We're gonna take a minute, we're gonna go through this article because I'm gonna show you how uh, witchcraft is making its waves on TikTok. And it's just really not on TikTok, you guys. It's actually everywhere. But there's this great, great um, graphic here, what witches use their crystals for. And you might know people that actually buy crystals like this. Um, there's the amethyst, which they use for stress relief. It protects the aura and increases your spirituality. And it's, it's lavender color. It's kind of purpley in color. There's the moon stone. It reduces negative energy, helps health, enhances emotional balance. There's the adventurine. It increases intuition, eliminates fear, helps heal and stabilize emotions. Uh, the malachite protection from negativity, senses danger and helps resist temptation. There's the rose quartz that promotes self-love, lowers stress, tracks true love. And clear quartz, which is the master healer, clears minds used for protection and meditation. You know, it's interesting to me. Number one, God made all these things. But what's interesting to me is the amount of times they, they mention they need protection. I just kind of thought that was interesting. Um, but here's, here's the article. It says here, um, Throughout history, witches have turned to seclusion and faced being hunted and killed. Today, Gen Z has embraced witchcraft and is sharing their knowledge with the world on TikTok. Webster Jr. Uh, Hannah Bartz found herself spending hours researching witchcraft after seeing a, a hashtag, hashtag witch talk video for her on her for you page so if you're not familiar with tiktok when you get on tiktok there's a for you page and then there's the other pages the for you page is specifically drawn to whoever that person is with specific things targeted at them so that's what that's talking about the page based on an algorithm a video similar to what you've liked spawned more and more videos first bart's saw simple videos about tarot reading which is the practice of using tarot cards to gain insight to a question asked about the past, present, or future. Then the reader interprets the cards. The morning I saw a TikTok of people saying, anybody can do this. It's just a matter of learning how to. I was like, well, hell yeah. If anyone can learn how to, then I want to, Bart said. Salem versus TikTok. Bart's described the use of crystals and energy as the main difference between what we consider witchcraft now versus what used to be considered witchcraft. In fact, Bart's explains the Salem witches that may come to mind shouldn't really be considered witches at all. In her research, Bart's found that Salem witches experimented with different plants and herbs, which had drug-inducing effects. Bart's says the witches and that's in quotes, would get high and do crazy things because the way they absorbed the drugs wasn't sanitary. They would get gangrene and it turned their skin green. Well, you know, it's funny because I can tell you that um, there is actually, there, there are so many types of witches out there. And I will tell you, one of the witches out there is actually called a green witch. And what a green witch is, it's, ba it's basically... An environmentalist is somebody that actually um, worships the earth and they are, are people who will even cry and mourn at the death of a tree and maybe tomorrow uh, I'll show you a video that Pastor Billy Crone put in his series uh, showing this very thing these environmental witches actually in a forest where trees have died and you have these witches like mourning the loss like if it was like a person or something they're actually crying out and and telling this tree that's dead how much they loved it and and i mean wailing and and that is that is part of it and so it's kind of like you know i see this and then there's also what they i think i think it's called a baby witch which you know, that's 
what this girl is who's kind of new at it, you know. Uh, but anyway, let's go on. It says here, so that old witchcraft wasn't necessarily witchcraft. It was just a better understanding of how different plants, herbs, biology, things like that work. Bart said to look at a more historical version of witchcraft, the study should be focused on Egyptians and the Greeks who had prophecies and oracles. All those things are closer to witchcraft than Salem was. That's part of being deceived, just so you know. Different practices, depending on how far down the rabbit hole of which talk you go. By the way, that, that term, the rabbit hole, interestingly, the, the lady at my network meeting, she actually used that term as well in her presentation. Um, and in two or three of the different things I've looked up on witchcraft, that's also being used. So, And where do we hear that? Can anybody tell me where? Ooh, ooh. Yes, where 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 is it, Randall? Where did where where did that become popular in culture? Well, um, I'm think somewhere I'm on one of these. Here I am. There you are. Well, your head's so big, though. I know it is. It's but, because of my hair. Anyway, I don't know why it's so big. It comes from Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll, mm-hmm. and um, Alice was the rabbit came out of the rabbit hole and and persuaded her to follow that rabbit into the rabbit hole where there's all sorts of um probably drug influence things that happen because lewis carroll was known to be a drug user and you read some of these things in the book they're not just fantasy they seem you know like lsd (laughs) kind of it probably wasn't lsd i don't know what uh, you know, his drug of choice was at the time, but anyway, that's where rabbit hole comes from because what happened going to that rabbit hole was all kinds of weird things, you know, the, the Cheshire cat and the Mad Hatter and then of course Mad Hatter, we can get into Mercury and all that, but yeah. anyway, back well, to you, Stacey. There Lynn. is so much in Scott, my friend, you're right. My hair used to be darker, buddy. <laughs> You've been watching me for a while, man. You watched me go gray. <laughs> I just saw you over there on on uh, YouTube. By the way, hi everybody. Nice to see you guys. I knew this guys would get you. I knew that this would get you in here to listen to this because there is so much. We're not even gonna. Billy Crone did twenty hours on this, so we're gonna. And and he isn't sharing some of the stuff I'm sharing, but um, we're gonna do our best to tie this in. And I think you're gonna learn a lot. I know I've already learned a lot. So. Anyway, this article goes on to say, um, depending on how far down the rabbit hole of witch talk you go, topics such as astral projection, shadow work, lucid dreaming, and quantum physics are discussed. Bartz follows 15 to 20 different witches on TikTok, which each specialize each specializing in a different kind of witchcraft. For example, one witch can practice divination with another user only practicing with crystals. A self-described baby witch, that's what I was talking about, Bartz knows she still has a lot to learn when it comes to witchcraft. Baby witch is a term used to describe new and inexperienced witches. Most baby witches start off with collecting crystals. Crystals are said to have many healing properties. Rose quartz, moonstone, and malachite are some of the many crystals to choose from, which was in the graphic earlier. Browsing through crystals, it's not all about which is the sparkliest that a word (laughs) (laughs) how would you say that sparkliest that's what what it looks like sparkliest or in the best (laughs) condition anyway intuition plays a huge role simply meaning choose the one that speaks to you most say you'll know when you know webster student jessica clone's journey into the metaphysical realm began in high school always one with nature stones and crystals sort of called to her so she answered she she now has an extensive collection of crystals she uses to practice she performs rituals such as cleansing and charging them under the full moon and taking them with her as good luck charms as she did in high school when she went to her favorite band band's one direction concert let me ask you something if this is so great why do you need a good luck charm you need to be protected. You need to have a good luck charm. If this is the religion you're following in witchcraft. Okay. Contrary to to Jesus, if you follow Jesus, he protects you. 
and you don't you don't believe in luck you don't there's there's nothing there in regards to luck anyway says here Bart waited six to seven months to launch into her practice with crystals after seeing tarot cards videos on TikTok the for you page started showing her videos of other witches practicing crystals the video said before you do anything you need to set clear boundaries and good protection so that's what I did she immersed herself in learning what kind of protection she would need and what kind of protective crystals she would need. After she felt she had enough information, she headed to the metaphysical shop. Metaphysical shops sell crystals, tarot cards, and almost everything a witch could need. For other new witches or people who want to start practicing, it's important to learn and it's totally okay to make mistakes, but just be careful to do your research and give credit where credit is due. Due to her practice, Bartz feels she's changed as a person. She says witchcraft has taught her to look inward, release her anger, and resolve her past traumas. I would say that is so contrary to God's word for us. Our goal isn't to look inward. Our goal is to look upward. Um, anyway, as much as I hate to say it, I used to be a really passive-aggressive and judgmental person, but I've learned a lot about myself and I'm not saying I'm the greatest person but I'm working on becoming a better person clones also has been impacted by her practice of witchcraft psychologically I'm influencing myself to be more positive and be more open-minded and conscious of myself and my body and how I exist which is also another very common thing in the self-help movement okay um, if you're new um, I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. I spent a lot of years involved in the self-help movement, I, so much so that I got a master's degree in clinical psychology. And what I can tell you is psychology does not heal you. In fact, it makes you more self-absorbed, more selfish um, in many ways. And it it's a deception. And I'll tell you what, the, the, the easiest way to heal yourself if you want to quote, heal yourself, is to look outward and help somebody else. You know, and I'm 52 years old. I wish I knew that when I was 25. <laughs> I could have saved myself a lot of money. Because uh, it, it's in our carnal nature to be selfish, to be fleshly, to, you know, that's all we think about and stuff. It's, it's not in our nature to be a giver. In fact, you don't have to teach children how to be selfish. They'll, they'll like, give me that. <laughs> That's mine. You know, you, you have to teach children how to give and you have to teach them how to share. Uh, you don't have to teach them how to be innately selfish or to be self-absorbed because children are. Um, many adults are. Uh, so anyway, impact on society. It says here, with all this talk, it begs the question, is all of this becoming too mainstream? Almost anything can become a trend these days. Remember the cinnamon challenge? It's important to note that no matter what you believe in, there are possible repercussions. Clones and Bart's both major in biological science at Webster. To them, witchcraft can be both a benefit to the environment and have its negative impacts. Clones has brought up the point of sustainability while witchcraft, practicing witchcraft. For example, smudging your house with sage is a common practice for many. It is done to purify and cleanse the air. The problem that has arisen out of this is the over-harvesting of white sage, which indigenous people have used in spiritual ceremonies for centuries. Because of this, it lists it as an at-risk spe species. Not only, does the raise, not only does this raise concerns about sustainability, using herbs such as white sage can be considered cultural appropriation if you do not belong to the indigenous community. This is why clones encourages those who do or are looking to practice to do their research before anything. Bartz agrees with this piece of advice. She says it's important to know witchcraft is not a trend, even though it may be trending on TikTok. Um, and, I'm, um, and then I'll just read the last part. I know I joined right when it started to become like a big trend, but it's a real kind of serious thing. It's not something to be played around with or messed with, especially if you're working with spirits. Whether or not you believe in them, you just don't want to be disrespectful. And I think one of the biggest things to be careful of is culture appropriation, because that's definitely becoming a problem like karma and chakras. Did I say that right? Yeah. 
how we've learned it is pretty whitewashed. Bartz also feels as if witchcraft can be explained by science comparing the molecules in a solid and gas to the molecules of a crystal. Bartz explained that a crystal's size causes different frequencies, thus causing the crystal to affect a person in different ways. In the witch community, you will see them connect science to witchcraft. You see them connect Christianity to witchcraft. They connect all these things together. I'm just like, wow, everything really can connect. It's not like you can't do one and not the other or else it won't work. It can work. So I'm going to tell you this, this article, it's on websterjournal.com and it's titled Witch, Witchcraft Gains Popularity Through TikTok. That last part that that girl said, you need to pay attention to that because it's, it is no joke. Randall and I have known people uh, who have come out of the cult and every single person that I know who has come out of the cult and had actual encounters with, with the spirit world, AKA demons, people, um, has nothing good to say about it. And they extremely warn against it. Randall, actually, you want to share your experience? In a bit. I'm trying okay. to dial myself in a little better here. All right. Seeing as I was solo last week and yeah. got the new graphics going on. All um, right. See if I can make my head similar to your size. Okay. All right. <laughs> there we go. All right. We're a little more matched. I'm not leaning over like you are, but uh, I think in this article... The, the baby witch was right to compare witchcraft more to like the ancient Egyptians and Greeks. I mean, we just read in Ephesus. They were primarily Greeks, you know, practicing witchcraft in their books and, and well aware of demons and that sort of thing. Um, and also Egyptians, we look back to Exodus and the Egyptians that were, the magicians that were in Pharaoh's court. Um, you know, turning rods into snakes and, and creating frogs and flies. They couldn't do the lice though, right? That's where their I think that's where their power ended up. They were able to they were able to duplicate the blood, turn water to blood, uh, bring the frogs, add to the frogs that were already there and bring flies, but when it came to lice they couldn't do that. But those were all gods that God was Right. Killing. I mean he was basically saying, Okay, bring it on gods, here's your judgment. Yeah, when she says gods, gods of the Egyptians, things that were right. worshipped or at least elevated in that culture. So yeah, I think she's spot on with that. And um, yeah, I I spent my early adulthood in what would I just call Eastern mysticism. Um, I did attempt to practice uh, astral projection through transcendental meditation. Um, fortunately. Uh, without a great deal of success, so I'm thankful for that. Though, you know, there were visions and I had a mantra and all that, and um, yeah, been there, didn't get the t-shirt, got nothing out of it, and as I, when I'm sharing my testimony, you know, I I went into that to feel a, fill a void and I ended up emptier than when I started, so. Yeah. Well, let's look at another article. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is over on Christianity Daily. And it was written February 1st this year, so just a couple days ago. And it's titled, Mom Who Killed Herself and Five Kids Obsessed with Witchcraft. Law enforcement say. So listen to this. A mother who killed five children, including hers, in a murder-suicide was reportedly practicing witchcraft rituals prior to their death. 25-year-old, 25-year-old mother, Oriana Antoinette Myers, brutally murdered her three, three children as well as two stepchildren before burning down their house in Williamsburg, West Virginia on December 8, 2020. Her victims were her husband's children from a prior marriage, and then she lists those. And then it says here, Myers had fa fatally shot her three children and stepchildren before setting their five-bedroom home on fire and killing herself outside the house, which was burned to the ground, according to the son. Four suicide notes were found ziplocked and attached to her husband's card. 
car rather, which was stalled in their property following an accident that rendered it unusable. One note, which was addressed to her husband, was left in the family's car. New evidence has surfaced that the mom who killed herself and five kids was highly involved in witchcraft and had often engaged in occult practices. This revelation came about from Greenbrier County Sheriff Bruce Sloan's investigation. He told reporters during a recent press conference that their investigation found, quote, history that Oriana was involved in some occult practices, witchcraft, and spiritualism contacting the dead, unquote. Raven Bumgardner, the mother of Myers' two stepchildren, also admitted she was aware of Myers' practices. News Australia reported Bumgardner said that the mom who killed herself and five kids was into witchcraft and spiritualism and would often share her practices on social media. She admitted that her former husband, Brian, was aware of such activities and that Myers even gifted him with a glass jar with some of her crystals and that Myers collected dead butterflies in jars. Myers' Facebook account has been deleted, but her Instagram is still active in which she posted photos of flowers and occasionally posts depicting lesbianism or homosexuality. The last Instagram post of the mom who killed herself and five kids was a photo of artwork by her children, which she captioned, Happy Thanksgiving from Team Shark and O.B. Love My Family XOXO. Uh, Shark seems to be a reference to her five children's initials. Prior to her death, Myers seemed to have been struggling with internal, quote, demons, unquote, as her suicide notes have referenced. In her first note, which was addressed to whom to whomever finds this first included the message my demons won over me and there's no going back so sorry i wasn't strong enough thank you x o x o o a m now i don't know about you guys but this breaks my heart because i believe it was literal demons. And if she didn't repent, then we know she's not in heaven. On Meyer's second note, titled My Confession, the mom who killed herself and five kids admitted she had mental health issues and implied that she did not receive help when she asked for it. She wrote that mental health is a serious issue, that it's not a joke, it's not to joke about or, or taken lightly. She also wrote that when someone begs, please, cries out for help, please help them. You just might save a life or more lives. On the day of the killings, Myers was seen with a red line drawn across her face. It's unclear if it was drawn on using blood and if it was in any way part of a witchcraft ritual. That's from this month. that the article was written, but it happened last month. The murders did. And then there's another article I found here titled, uh, and this is in the, on the Lansing State Journal website. By the way, that's in Michigan. By the way, the woman that was in my networking group was also in Michigan. And it says, need a glimmer of hope during a pandemic leads some to witchcraft and metaphysics. More people are exploring what witchcraft and metaphysics can do for them as the pandemic keeps them at home. Area practitioners say staying indoors to help reduce the spread of COVID-19 made some people focus on themselves by meditating and exploring other opportunities of spiritual growth, said the Reverend Bradley Moore of Holt, a metaphys metaphysician and ordained spiritualist minister. Then you can see this, you can see those of you who are watching the video, you can see the, all his crystals and stuff there on the desk there, all his witchcraft books there. Uh, it says here, you can be outside partying without a mask, but the universe is giving you time to grow, he said. We are going through a massive change right now. You are witnessing world history in the making. People's interests are piqued with Don Botki Co, owner of Triple Goddess Bookstore, seeing her highest volume of customers on January 23rd since the pandemic started last winter. She, she identifies as a witch along with thrift witch owner 
Tisha King. King has shared advice to beginners in her store more in the past year. It's something as simple as good luck and finding love, and it gives them hope, King said. They just want a glimmer of hope. And once you start seeing the benefits of carrying yourself positively, it comes back to you. They say the practice has been around in the capital city since before the pandemic, but lockdowns have made it easier for people to venture out into other interests. You can track a couple of covens here in Lansing. It's this gigantic need, want, and desire to do things beyond the norm. <sighs> and then it says here, continuing, he added that metaphysics and witchcraft are dominated by white women, but do have black men like himself as well as Latinos. Um, this lady expanded her collection of African and Native American literature in her store. Witchcraft King added derives from, from black history with sage and voodoo dolls, but not all who practice are open about it. Some prefer, uh, some people prefer to do rituals and spell castings privately for personal and legal reasons. Uh, Botki Co. was ticketed for fortune telling in Bay City 28 years ago before opening a store in Okies Most, or however you say that. Um, and that's all I'll say. I'll just, I'm not going to read the rest, but I think you get the point, right? The point is, is that this is real. <laughs> and we are being sold and marketed this everywhere. And it's in the church and Christians are doing it. Some are doing it because, and they don't even know they're doing it. And I would say a lot of it is ignorance. People don't understand, oh, you know, that's, that's what this is about. So what I, what I'm going to say is that, um, you know, knowledge of these things is important, but obsession about them is unhealthy, right? And the purpose of this show is to quote on, you know, to expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but also to offer you the hope that's found in the best supernatural book ever written, which is the Word of God, which is the Holy Bible. In the Holy Bible, you will learn that if you follow Jesus Christ, he will gift you with the Holy Spirit. It won't be a demonic one. And I have to tell you that the Bible says, greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. So when you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's no reason to be fearful of the enemy. Because the Bible says that the demons have to bow. They bow to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is God, period. And I, you know, and, and I have to say, and I say this with the utmost love and compassion in my heart for all of you, is that as fleshly tantalizing it is to listen to this stuff, right? Oh, let's talk about witchcraft. It's so great. It's so fun. You know, ooh, this is such a good topic. My point in sharing this is to turn you back to Jesus. And not the Jesus of Oprah or the Jesus of the New Age movement, but the Jesus of the Holy Scripture who reveals himself in the Word of God every single day when you're in the Bible reading it. You know, I, I did not know what love was until I became a Christian. When I found Christ, because he hunted me down and he found me and he gifted me with the Holy Spirit and gave me the eyes to understand and, and read the word of God. And I started reading it. I could not stop reading his word because it was life. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Not, no one comes to the Father but by him, through him, him alone. And the Bible also says in John chapter 1 verse 12 that to, any, to, to, to those who received him, to those they are called the children of God. And that's paraphrased, but basically close enough, close enough. You have to receive Christ in order to become his child. And so if you have not done that and you're involved in this stuff or, you know, you're just lost and you're lonely, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're, you don't feel like you're loved, 
I'm going to tell you something. Jesus loves you. He loves you more than you will ever know. You know, and my heart is that everybody would come to the knowledge of that love so that like this poor 25-year-old girl who committed suicide because she was probably demon-possessed based on everything we read here, that that would not happen to you. You know, the Bible says that the enemy, that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to bring us life and to give it to us abundantly. You know, I think that's a better deal, just saying. (laughs) But here's the thing, you know, you have to know that you're not perfect. And you have to come to the realization that you're a sinner, that you've done wrong things, that you've done things that offended God, right? That displeased him. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the Bible also says that if you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But if you say that you have not sinned, you've called God a liar. God is not a liar. So, if you don't know Jesus, if you have not read the Bible, I want to encourage you to just ask the Lord, ask Jesus to come into your life. Tell him you love him, or you want to know him. Maybe you don't love him yet, but say, I want to know you, and I want to love you, and I'm sorry for the stuff that I did. And then get yourself a Bible, download Version Bible app on your phone, Log on to Bible.is on the internet, BibleGateway.com, and then go to a gospel, like the Gospel of John or Matthew, Mark, and just begin reading it. Ask God to let you understand what it's saying, and I promise you that you will understand what it means if you turn your life over to Jesus. And you're going to have peace. And you're going to have forgiveness of your sin, and you're going to have eternal life, and you'll never be snatched out of the palm of his hand because he does not lie, and he saved you when he died on the cross for you. That is my heart. That is my prayer. And my hope for those of you who are already in Christ and we're already family, that you would tell a friend and that you would encourage your brother and your sister And ask them every single day, where are you reading in the word of God? (laughs) You know, I mean, it's so important to be in God's word every day. Um, It's important because it's like your food, your spiritual food. If you're not eating, you're going to be weak and uh, you're going to be weak. Uh, You know, but if you're if you're eating the word of God, hey, you're going to be strong in the faith. You're going to be bold and you're going to be able to share the gospel without any problem. And you're, God's just going to use you. I was in a group this morning with, with uh, some women. And one of the women that came in, uh, she came in. She said, I need that accountability. And this was the first time I actually sat and I read the whole book of Philippians at one time. I was so excited. I was like, that's so cool. I was just so cool. I mean, I, I really didn't want to get up early the, <laughs> this morning. I was like, Ugh, I'm tired. I don't want to get up. But I got up. And this one lady, she read the whole book of Philippians. It's four chapters. That's it. It's four chapters. You can read it in like 20 minutes, if that. Probably shorter than that. But it was the first time she read it. And she was like, oh, that's so good. You know, <laughs> like, great. So that fellowship is super important. Um, and, um, and, you know, the other thing is the Bible says that God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He loves you. And um, I could testify for hours about this, but I'm trying to keep this show to an hour. So tomorrow night, we will continue our discussion on this topic. I have more news, I have more information I'm going to share with you. Uh, I'm going to show you some video and, um, you know, all that. So I just invite you to invite a friend. And uh, as I always say, be bold, stand up and go with God because he loves you. And if you don't know the Lord, I want to invite you to come and know him. If you need more help, reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to you. See you tomorrow.